You're listening to Biz Souls, the business podcast with an edge, hosted by me, Rona Lewis, and Jeffrey Hansler. Tune in for perspectives and discoveries about the changing world of business. It's time to connect to the heart, soul, and humor of how business gets done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Biz Souls. I'm Rona Lewis. I'm Jeffrey Hansler, the person nobody remembers or anything, and we're here to get to the heart and soul of business and the people that make it happen. We may be changing our our tagline to the business of everything. Well, we are the business of everything. We are the business we, of everything. We just are. We just, yeah, we absolutely are. And we're always doing business, and I met Heather out in the waves when she was visiting from Homeland, from her homeland. Yeah, so, so he... He, he made a contact in the Pacific Ocean, which I thought is is very cool. And because we never stop, we never stop working. That's right. It was it was very cool because uh, as those of you who have listened since the beginning know, virtually all of our guests have been friends of mine. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm taking I'm taking I know a lot of people. <laughs> so, Heather. Welcome. Yes. It's so Thanks good for to being have on. you. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. And I'm going to read. Heather is a uh, professional genealogist. Is that official? Professional genealogist Gen- and as well as the genetic. As a geneticist. Okay. She's currently working as a laboratory specialist at the University of Utah. She received her Bachelor's of Science from Brigham Young University and her Associate of Science from Utah Valley University. During her young career, she's worked in genetics, data management, and accounting, thus making her a triple asset from the science, data management, and business sides. And although she's a Utah native, don't mistake her for a conservative and risk avoidance type of person. Her career also includes guiding tourists through the Great Smoky Mountains and sending them zip lining down the mountain. She and Jeffrey met um, in the waves off of Huntington Beach where she was engaged in her second day of surfing and doing very well, he might add. Please welcome Heather Evans to Biz Souls. Yay. Hi, Heather. Hi, Heather. Hello. So so did you, uh, uh, we always started off in the beginning kind of like, you know, when you were growing up, uh, especially because, you know, a lot of people your age are going through, they're, they're getting into the heart of their career they're starting to to weed out what they didn't want to do. I mean, did you always want to be a geneticist? Is that what you... Like like I, like most kids in in kindergarten, <laughs> I don't want to be a princess. I want to be a, a geneticist. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't even remember the first time I heard DNA, but it like wasn't till later in my life, to be honest. Yeah. When I was a kid, I wanted to I wanted to be a figure skater. At one point, I wanted to be the longest stretch was I wanted to be in the WNBA, and then later in life, I wanted to be a dentist, and, and then now I want to be a geneticist. Well, I'm glad you don't want to be a dentist. They have the they have one of the highest suicide rates among medical hey, professionals. Hey, my father was a dentist and he lived to be 92. So he did okay and he loved his job. So there. Anyway, did you just go straight into genetics or did you just go into biology well, first? Well, and how did the others disappear? I mean, what happened that the others disappeared? You know? Well, I'm a little short for the WNBA. That's, that's what I was sure. going to ask how, how tall you are. <laughs> Five, so not okay. tall enough. And the dentist, I, I started actually like um, major in biology, which was at Utah Valley University. And then my shift came, I was serving my mission for the church. That's how I got involved in family history and genealogy, because mm-hmm. I served in the South in Tallahassee, Florida. And I did family history with a lot of people and I fell in love with it. And then yeah. I was like, hey, dad, this is what I want to do. And he's like, you're not going to make any money doing that. And I was like, that's fair, which isn't actually true. Sometimes genealogists,
psychologists make bank. But I didn't know that at the time. And and I'm really glad I went into what I do. But then I was like, okay, well, I'll do the DNA side of it. And then I applied to BYU, got in, which is one of the only schools, I think the only school in the country that has a major in genetics and oh, family history. Wow. And so I got a major in genetics, minor in family history. And here I am. There you go. There you go. Well, so what do you think about the, the 23andMe and those kind of genetic things? My, my brother got me one one year and I was like, what is it going to tell me that I don't already know? Because my, you know, my dad was Lithuanian and my mom's Hungarian and Austrian and it came back 99.7% Eastern European Jew. So I was like, that tells me less than I already know. And, you know, it just seems so silly to even do stuff like that. Yeah, no, that's, it's a real question. And that's something that I hope to refine in my, when I get into the actual research side of everything that I want to do is to fine tune that and yeah. like where it tell you more about things. 23andMe specifically isn't more on the, there's two sides of those companies like Ancestry, 23andMe right, and right. like Heritage and those things. There's the health side of it that some people are interested in, when, right. which 23andMe is more on the health side. And then there's the Ancestry and Heritage side of it, which Ancestry and my heritage are more into. There's two sides and you have to just decide what you're into. Um, but for as far as I would highly suggest it, especially if you're looking for recent ancestors, Ancestry is the best. And I'm not like sponsored in any way. Just right, I've right. used multiple, like I've used them all and Ancestry is the best for like finding your ancestors. But if you already know them, then yeah, it could tell you kind of your yeah. heritage, but it also changes all the time. Oh my God. I had, yeah. I what, remember what I came back and I was like Swiss, 1% Swiss. And then it came back Scottish. I'm like, what did my mom? sleep with the mailman where did that come from <laughs> so, so it was interesting go ahead so Sorry. you would be you would be a great spokesperson i mean with your with your educational background ancestry.com should just nab you up it should start you off support you in a podcast there you go you would be outstanding and here's a, here's what's funny you know it's you know how you're drawn to people so she's out in the water trying to, to serve and we just you kinda, were just young and cute and that's why he was attracted to no, you we just we just connected on stuff and my half of my family so my mom's brother married my my aunt dorothy and and then she was mormon and made him convert mormon so that whole side of the family is mormon and a couple of my cousins are really big into the church and in the genealogy uh -huh. So my mom had Ancestry.com uh, done, and when it came back, it came back a certain portion of it is French. And she's like, no, no, I, I never heard about the French part. Well, part of the family came through Normandy. We were Normans. We were oh. Vikings. So part of us went Vikings, Scotland, England, and another part of us went Vikings, uh, France, Normans. We're we're direct descendants for Charlemagne, from Charlemagne. Anyway. Great. Now I'm not going get to get his head through the door. <laughs> well, you've known that for a while. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, this is highly, and there are a lot of people very interested in it. You'd be a great spokesperson for you. So I, we're, I about it. I feel like I I am so passionate about it, and especially like here in Utah, because everyone's a, like it's like religiously like everyone's like do your family history, so it's like a chore. Right. But I'm like, it is the coolest thing. It is so cool. You can learn so many amazing things. So. Well, I, I remember some years ago there was like an experiment of an ancient, like some some ancient bones or something either in Antarctica or, or Russia and they figured out somehow that like most of that country was somehow related to it's this Africa. guy. No, Africa. We're all related to this one tribe. No, but I this was in... this was an actual thing that was it, it, I, I remember it was like north. It was either, it was a cold area that they found. I can't remember. Do you remember any kind of story like that, Heather? There's like quite a few and that's typically where they'll find the bones because they're better like preserved there. But I don't, there's, 
like it might have been um not the neanderthals but the other set of like species that isn't quite human but right. is close right might have been and like they I don't know. They always talk about that kind of stuff. On that topic, there's um, there's a book called uh, Brief History of Everyone Who Ever Lived. I think it's by Adam Rutherford. Uh-huh. And it talks about how everyone is related to everybody. Everyone's always like, yeah, I'm related to Genghis Kong. And like, not everyone says that, but like in general, everyone is related to everybody, no matter what. <laughs> yeah. And although we're direct descendants of Charlemagne, um, it doesn't mean we were on the royalty courts. We were probably the people, you know, mopping up the bathrooms. Right. For no doubt. Else. So, so just because you're lineage, you know, to those guys, and doesn't mean you live that lifestyle. So we definitely came up the popper road. Uh, okay. So early career. So then you you focus on biosci, and then you, what? It, and it, you just the ancestry, and it just attracted you in the genetics, and the, um, that just attracted you in Drew. Was it hard to get into the industry uh, to to do what you did? I mean, you've been you were ziplining, and you were being a guide. You were you were you you're still, very outdoor. Were you were those side um, side gigs while you were getting ready, or were they things to make money to get you through college? That was I in my the early part of my college experience. I'm a first generation college student, and so wow. there's a Good lot of you. students I didn't know, and I didn't know like about scholarships, for instance, until like my senior year of college. But anyway, so yes, I worked all throughout my college experience, and I used to work in an oral surgeon's office a lot of hours a week, and went to school full time, and and I was stressed out of my mind, and okay. then. I met this guy and he's like, yeah, I go ziplining in the summers. And I was like, that sounds really cool. So I quit my job finally, which was very like liberating. And I'm like, I'm going to be a zipline tour guide. So it was like my first like college kid experience. And it was awesome. I so it, and was. Then it didn't make much money, to be honest. It wasn't like... Oh, save up for college. It was just a fun experience where I was able to like actually live life a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then I like, I went to BYU Jerusalem right after that. So that was good too. Nice. Yeah, that's good. And I see with a lot of similarity, I was at one point after college when I was changing things up and changing out of biochem and more into business, uh, I wanted to be a scuba diver instructor and I was going to live that way. And there was just no money in it. So that's why that one ended. I just went to camp. (laughs) (laughs) That's what Jewish kids from Long Island do. They go to camp every summer. <laughs> and then I graduated college and I went right into advertising. So there you go. How did the accounting come in? So why did you uh, take the accounting and, and get on the finance side, which is fantastic? Thank you. I honestly, the only reason why I do that is because my dad owns a tax business and they needed help. And <laughs> so I would help out. <laughs> That's great. Now I, I also And, un- and it's, a, it's, a, it's a great skill to have. It would, I believe that the more skills you have that are diversified, the more necessary you are no matter where you work. No, and I'm a complete evangelist about people getting accounting and finance background because that was the big shift that I got when I switched out of being a veterinarian, you know, the concept of veterinarian, the guy said. And you did so well at it that you were there for two whole days at Apple. uh, (laughs) Yes, yeah, well, that's a whole different story. There's execution and I transpose numbers on a regular basis. (laughs) Anyway, this is about Heather. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So Wait, wait, we have someone on the podcast? Wait a minute. (laughs) Sorry, Heather. Oh, I love it. Keep talking. I'm about it. What was the transition into where you were starting to do lab work and starting to actually focus into your industry? Was that through school? Was it a grad position? Yeah, did, they, did they have like a placement thing? Um, did... So it, in my undergrad at BYU, BYU is great at making sure you get real life experience. I started working in an epigenetics lab 
Um, We worked with male infertility. We would work with mice and also like human sperm. And we would do epigenetic tests on that, which was really cool. Overall, like what it's like, you have an epigenetic signature that can tell how old you are biologically, not like chronologically. So fascinating. And basically the better you take care of yourself, the better epigenetic signature you'll have. But yeah, really cool. So I got into lab work in my undergrad and we would do like wet lab experience. And then I also did a little bit of coding, which which was great. And then from there, I'm in a gap here. I'm, I just submitted my first application to grad school like last week. And this gap year just looks really good on my resume. And I do not what I'm like hoping to do the rest of my career, but I'm doing genetic work. So yeah. it's good. What, what do you want to do? If you, if you, everything equal in a vacuum going exactly as, as planned, where do you see yourself in the next 10 years? I would have my PhD. I would do independent research in the genetic field, but traveling to different and rural parts of the world to collect DNA samples from different communities so that people can have actual results from their DNA um, tests that they take. There's a big problem in the health side of things where we don't have enough DNA samples from people that don't have a European background. And so that's like for a health standpoint, the reference genome just doesn't represent all of the world. And so it, it kind of is hard in that sense. But also from like what you were saying, Rona, about the whole issue where you're like, I already know everything that this 23andMe told me. I want to fine tune it so it can really tell you where you're from, which would be so helpful yeah. doing people's genealogy. Yeah, yeah. You just want great. an em- endless summer to go surfing around the world. That's you know? right. And, and, and <laughs> no. ziplining. No, no. <laughs> Were you able to do your mission? Was it in another country in, in any of the countries we talked about or was it in the U.S.? Did it contribute? It was in Florida, Tallahassee, Florida. Okay. Well, that's another country. <laughs> yeah. Some is. people would so. I lived in uh, Boca Raton. Trust me, it's Tallahassee's totally different. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. And we can see that with the world travel and behind you, you've got a world map. So yeah. there you go. You've got, do you, do you use vision? I mean, have you have you been envisioning using visionary ideas for your drive, for your targets, for your goals? Yeah. Are you talking about like specifically like just like hoping for things? Or are you no, talking about like, well, like visualizing your future thing? Yes. Visualizing your future and seeing yourself in your future and really just kind of focusing. I mean, I play with, if I, if I there's something that I want to accomplish or do, I see myself doing it. And then I find, and then what I find is that I find ways of doing it. Well, you know, that's, it's an athlete's mindset, you know, and you're an athlete. You know, when I, I ran track for Penn State and we used to visualize running the race and, you know, getting the baton and, and having it go smoothly as, as we would practice. And a lot of athletes do that. They will see themselves hitting a drive in golf or, you know, making the play, whatever it is. Did you ever do that when you were crewing? Visualizing? Uh, crewing is sitting on your row, on your ass and going backwards. I know. So he doesn't like The only that. visualization you did. He did not enjoy did is, that. No, I loved crew. Uh, crew was great. Crew was not a visualization. It was a rhythm. Oh. So for crew, it was all about the beat. Bad examples. All about the... No, no, no. It's good. It's good. You would, you would visualize the smoothness so that the rhythm and the motion would work together. So yes, yes. I'm, I'm sorry. So you kidding. actually have... You're an old white man. You don't have a sense of rhythm. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm self-sufficient. Please I, actually, No actually, cards and letters. 
sleep. <laughs> Actually, it's 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 pretty true. I really did not have a rhythm. I had to work with it. And if it wasn't for this um, this guy who's probably a genius of a doctor right now, he took me out and in two sessions in the boat, he was able to, to fix everything. And it was all through visualization. Very cool. So. What else? What else do you want to talk about? Well, um, how did you... Um, uh, well, you know what? Your first job. Is what you're doing now, are you enjoying it? Is And is your dad right? Are you broke and poor or... <laughs> I am broken poor, but only because I live the bougie lifestyle and I can't afford it. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that feeling. It's like, where's that money coming from? But but no, like I am able, I'm not broke. I have, so I have my family history job on, is my little side hustle where I do people's genealogy. But then like my, my major job is with the U and they have great benefits and everything like that. And they pay me super well. So nice. that's great. So you do, um, you do, ha you have a side hustle. How do you advertise for that? Well, I work for... For, uh, I, I wish I did it independently. I would make more money that way, but right. I do it for price genealogists. So I'm just an, a contractor. They just send Damn. me stuff. I work on it on my own time and I have a due date. Cool. So I don't have to advertise. That's great. That's great. I want to know more about, you know, just the overall concept or what you're doing now in the in the lab. Tell us about okay. that. Yeah. So we work directly with Primary Children's Hospital and other independent families that come and they'll say, hey, I, my kid has this genetic disorder. And I'm so talking like they have one gene that's very fundamental to biological processes. And so it really kind of, you see it manifest through like autism, like a huge weight gain, just like a lot of, they have a lot of disabilities due to this one gene that's messed up. We then breed fruit flies to have that same genetic disorder. And we have to make sure that there's like a phenotype so we can see the genetic disorder and then measure it. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times we work with the eyes of flies. Um, we'll try to mess up a fly's eye. And then we treat these flies with the genetic disorder with 1500 FDA approved drugs. And from there, if the eyes get bigger or smaller, meaning it's helping or hurting this biological process with the gene, we then can validate those drugs if they help the eye. And then we, if they validate and it's like, heck yeah, they're good to go. Then we treat the kids with that. And often it's little drugs. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. That's why I hesitated. Like ibuprofen can make a difference and melatonin those kinds of things that you wouldn't think would make a big difference but they do so hey i use melatonin to help me sleep so okay. i'm a great believer so first of all you're using a fly because it has a short life cycle right mm -hmm. and what's the life cycle how much time do you get to work with the fly uh, from the time it's ingested with the genetic defect to the time that you're making decisions based on the results is it a week or two weeks two weeks is how long it takes us the flies will lay their eggs in the food that's treated with drug and then they the larva will grow up in there and then they come out as flies and then we take them and then we measure their eyes so that takes like two weeks from laying to like grabbing the so pictures do, of them. And do you do you rotate you know we do a few of this and then a few days later we do that so you always have something to to work on you're yeah. not just sitting there going so what do you want to do now let's go play miniature golf while we're waiting for these things to come out yeah <laughs> you're able to apply the fix is right away because they're all FDA approved drugs already. So you don't have to wait for testing or anything else on it. Do you consider it as one drug or do you consider it as combinations? What if it's a combination of say 
ibuprofen and melatonin and the combination of them work. Can you tell that? We can't because we do test them independently. I'm sure that there could be something like that. But the problem is with we're already testing 1500 drugs and it takes us about three months to do this. Often the, the cocktail of drugs is helpful in like medical things, but we can't do all of that. But what we do often find is like a class of drug will be helpful. It's like a certain chemical structure. We see it in all of the ones that are hits for the helpful drugs. Like often it'll be a certain chemical structure. So that'll give us a, like maybe an antibiotic is the class of drug that's going to be helpful for this genetic disorder. So I have an overarching question because, you know, so many people across the country complain about genetically modified food that they're doing, you know, so that they don't get bugs and things like that. Isn't that what we're doing with the human body? Ultimately, like, yes. And that's something that I've thought is interesting just as I've worked in this lab. If you think about it, like ibuprofen, something that people take regularly, it's affecting this biological process and nobody knew until here we are testing it. Right. What else is it affecting, right? Like biologically. And yes, there's a lot of like um, ethics involved right now with people call genetics the wild west of science. Sure. Because are we going to start genetically editing kids? Like what's going to happen? We don't know what is possible. Like if we get rid of cystic fibrosis or any genetic disorder, that's helpful. But what is it hindering? Like, and then only the rich people can afford to have their kids genetically edited. There's so <laughs> So many ifs nuances and things to consider. So yeah, people and and then with food, it's like, oh, it's genetically edited. So it's not as good. And we don't know what all it's impacting, but then we can feed more people with it. So yeah, and I I don't disagree with you on that. It's, you know, I don't necessarily think that genetic modification is always a bad thing. Because, you know, look at it, look at it the other way. Uh, What? You're laughing at me? I'm laughing because you sound like the non-scientific community. Well, no, my my point is... No, the reason we have heirloom tomatoes Tomatoes, right? Yeah. Which, which was, a, it's, I a, love got heirloom tomatoes. Yeah, they got a genetic mega. They're actually not the best tasting tomatoes. I think they the are. The best very tasting good. tomatoes, they can't ship because they have weak skins. Okay. Now, if you geneti- genetically modified those things yeah. so they had tougher skins, then we could have a different tomato. Right. The bananas you eat are, are genetically yeah, modified. Yeah, we're running out Every, of bananas. Yeah, yeah. They, so, yeah, so, yeah, and, so there's, and, and like she said, everything we do genetically modifies us. Right. And that's, I'm, my, you actually are making my point. I don't necessarily think that it's always a bad thing. We just see it as anything, you know, anything different or, oh, we're just touching the earth or whatever. So I'm laughing because we're always talking about language and notice she's saying, I don't think it's a bad thing. That's like a double negative transfer. It's like, anyway, anyway. Uh, So from what I'm working with another group. Finish a sentence. Come on, you can say it. I'm working with a group that that does a lot of um, uh, genetics. And this did not come from that group. Uh, But because of that, that I've been in, uh, researching and, and reading papers, There, there is one marker that we, if you remove that marker, we'll get rid of sickle cell anemia. Uh-huh. And if we get rid of this one marker, we can change it, transfer it, get it out of somebody's system, literally give it to somebody who's got it and it'll it'll and clear itself, like it, it'll go away. And what's the issue? Because people don't understand genetic, mo- they're worried about mm-hmm. genetic modification of people. Yeah, yeah, it's it's unfortunate that when, you know, a little knowledge is a, is a dangerous thing. Well, and you know, you, know, you can buy a CRISPR. So I think it's Ohm or or or, or. Um, it's a company. They they have a CRISPR kit. Oh. It's $179.99 and you can begin gene editing on your own. That's not scary <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, but I, I... 
That's crazy. And I wonder what they would like, what people would choose to genetically edit. Yeah. Let's move on to, um, uh, oh yeah. Is there anything that makes your job harder or easier or anything you particularly enjoy about your job? What makes it harder? Sometimes it's hard to keep up on on all the scientific literature Mm. because there's new stuff coming out all the time. Labs from all over the world doing research that you have to apply to what you do. So it's hard to, that's like a full-time job in and of itself is reading all the literature. So cycling through that. And then sometimes the scientific literature, although it's posted, it's not that great because it's like whatever. So that is hard. I, what I love about my job, and I would imagine it's true for not just in the scientific field, but I have set myself up for a job that I will continue to be required to learn throughout the rest of my life. And that's awesome. Yeah. Lifelong Lifelong learning. learning. Absolutely. Love it. Keeps us going. So knowing what you know now, would you do anything different about your career, about your choices? Yes. In fact, I, as I said, I'm starting to apply to grad schools and I reached out to a couple that are exactly what I want to do in Oxford. They have a great program. And then there was a couple others and I reached out to them and they told me that I don't have a, like my background isn't computational enough. So I would say if you're interested in genetics, major perhaps in bioinformatics, which is the computer science side of everything, because then you, you learn this very applicable skill of computer science and computer programming and data analytics and all that stuff while also getting the scientific genetic side of everything. Interesting. That's a lot. I can actually help you with that. So we'll talk about that after the podcast. We can um, maybe able to get uh, hook you up and get that experience to you real quick and with somebody who has a contact with Oxford University. So we'll see if we can help you out. All right. There you go. And you will owe him for the rest of your No, life. you won't. No, you don't. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Just... It's okay. I'll just come park at your place and go surfing. So there you go. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, no, he would love look, that. Trust look, me. I'm just, I'm just paying it forward from all the people that help me. Yeah. And and it really, it's not what you know sometimes, it's who you know. So. Agreed. Most of the time. How can you know. how can somebody, um, you're on social media, uh, you know, on LinkedIn, which is... How um, can people find you if they want to get in touch LinkedIn. with you is what he's trying yeah, to you, say. Would you like people to get hold of you? Um, and how could they contact you directly about doing genetic research? I mean... Um, Even your side? No, ancestry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, business. Um, they can totally reach out to me on LinkedIn or Instagram. I'm H Evans underscore two five. Slide in the DMs. I'll totally respond. And, and I love helping people out with their genealogy all the time. So yeah. Fun stuff. Uh, any other tips, individuals, uh, surfing tips? <laughs> I have no tips. You have all the surfing tips. Mine. Even is if he different. doesn't, he will tell you he does. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Trust me. I saw it. Oh, he's been, he grew up on She on stood up. She stood up. She was able to get up and stand up. That's Yay. great. And it was not a conducive day to learning how to surf. It was the waves were I'll awful. T- I do not surf. I will take your word for it. So there you it go. was great. Anyway. All right. This has been super fun. Heather, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about your background and, and this this really interesting field that not a lot of people really understand or know about. So hopefully this will get them interested in finding out more. Yes, you're an adventurer. You are going to have an awesome life uh, with work and play and traveling the world. And we're just so excited for you. So uh, And there you go. Yeah, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. Amazing. I've loved it. Oh, thank you so much. And when you please let us know when you do get in. 
you know where you're going and because we'd love to to you know find out what your what what your career brings you maybe we should have a little offset and do genealogy for people and uh, heather can can practice uh, doing her own podcast she gets started with us and there you go maybe do our genealogy or something okay okay all right there all you right. go all right that's it for us this has been biz souls i'm rona lewis i'm jeffrey hansler we'll see you next time thank you you've been listening to the biz souls podcast with your hosts rona lewis and jeffrey hansler did you have fun subscribe rate and leave a review it's very much appreciated talk to you next week